America's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, just over 24 hours away until the big game at McMahon Stadium. Rough Rider Stampeders. Whew, I'm excited for this one. It's going to be a good football game to, you know, get week three going here. Well, week three got going last night, actually. Huh, that's a whole another conversation. 30-6, to six, the final score. The BC Lions absolutely trounced the Winnipeg <laughs> Blue Bombers last night. Blaine, did you watch any of that game last night? I caught uh, most of the se- the second half. I, I already saw that uh, BC was up was kind of kind of surprised me. Like I thought BC was going to cover the spread, but I didn't think they were going to win. But good God, they laid it to Winnipeg yesterday. Oh, that was uh, that was funny. I like DVR'd the game because I think I'm going to like fall asleep to it tonight. Just like watch it on replay. It was unbelievable. Winnipeg just destroyed. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, first time in a long time the BC Lions have won it. IG Field. I think they said 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's good for Ryder fans. That's good. Now, of course, yes, the BC Lions are undefeated when you look at it from a standing standpoint. But uh, anytime the Blue Bombers lose like that, we're here for it, baby. I mean, lock it in straight to our veins any day of the week when the Blue Bombers get blown out like that. Today's show is for Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. And all of our guests, as always, appear on the Western Pizza Hotline. Check your Western Pizza, your uh, local neighborhood Western Pizza for their pickup and dine-in specials. And we got a loaded show today. Sean Campbell, the radio play-by-play voice for the Montreal Alouettes on TSN 690, will be joining us on the other side of this segment because the Montreal Alouettes are in Hamilton tonight at the Donut Box, Tim Hortons Field, and Cody Fajardo is taking his 1-0 Montreal Alouettes into Hamilton because Montreal had a bye week, a week two bye week. So Montreal is back at it tonight. So we will chat with Sean Campbell and Vince Catronio, the color voice on the Oakland Athletics Radio Network, will be joining us at 335 The Oakland A's start up a three-game weekend series versus the Toronto Blue Jays tonight at Rogers Center. And uh, usually, uh, Ken Korak is the lead man, the lead play-by-play voice on the Oakland A's radio network. But for this road trip that the Oakland A's are on right now, uh, Ken Korak is not with the team, so Vince is doing the main play-by-play call, so we will talk to him about that. And uh, we are going to have Ryder Varga join us as well. Ryder Varga had a nice uh, big special teams tackle in yesterday's game uh, versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Stampeders receiving, uh, receivers coach Nick Lewis, Derek Dennis. Uh, we all know Derek Dennis, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, former Calgary Stampeder. He was just recently released by the Stampeders at the end of training camp. And uh, we are going to get his thoughts on that situation and uh, also talk to him about the game tomorrow night. Uh, the voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball at 5.05. And then the Sports Cage Rewind at 5.35 with Micah Alway of the Calgary Stampeders, who was on our airwaves uh, on Monday. But the big news in Ryderville today, well, Derek Moncrief. 
He's in the starting lineup coming up here, uh, Blaine. Uh, looking over the depth chart, the depth chart is out ahead of tomorrow night's game. And by no surprise, Gerald Hawkins is in at left tackle. Colin Kelly is in at right tackle. Uh, Kendall Watson is in Juwan Breskison's spot at slot back there. And across the board, I'm looking at it, the other change would be Deontay Williams is starting on the corner in place of Jeremy Clark. And uh, Nick Marshall back in the starting lineup on the other corner. So uh, things are looking pretty good here for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders when you look at their uh, lineup going into tomorrow. Yeah, the, for the most part, uh, I think of the biggest loss maybe at safety, Jaden Dulkey, he got mm-hmm. placed on the six-game injured list. Uh, Nelson Lacombo uh, is going to get the start, but I also think we'll see some Jackson Ford on the back end as well. So that's a big loss. But uh, yeah, some changes. But, you know, considering that uh, what it was looking like at the beginning of the week, um, how the fact that they got Lanier Milligan back, I think that's a big boost as well. And that, that they got the bye week coming off after this as well is going to help them as well. So health-wise, it was looking a little bit scary on Tuesday, but I think it's looking a little bit better heading into tomorrow's matchup. Man, defensive tackle Miles Brown back in this uh, starting lineup for the Rough Riders. You mentioned Nelson Lacombo. Yeah, he's in for Jaden Dulkey, Jackson Ford. Um, I'm guessing he will get a lot of playing time as well. Uh, so across the board, the Saskatchewan Rough Rider receiving core, Tevin Jones, Sean Bain Jr., Sam Emelis, Jake Winicky, and Kendall Watson make up the receiving core for quarterback Trevor Harris. And also note as well, Peter Godber is a game-time decision according to the depth chart released today by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And if he is unable to go, Logan Bandy will more than likely get the call at center. But fingers crossed that Peter Godber can go in the middle of that offensive line tomorrow because uh, we need all of our horses up front versus those Calgary Stampeders. But hey, we have Sean Campbell waiting on hold here. Don't want to keep him waiting anymore uh, than he already is. The Montreal Alouettes, they have a big game tonight in Hamilton against the Tiger Cats, and we will chat with the voice of the Montreal Alouettes on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes today on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Back inside the Sports Cage here for Nelson Holmes. Week three in the Canadian Football League kicked off last night with a bit of a shocker in Winnipeg with BC coming away with that 30-6 victory. There's one game tonight on Friday Night Football. The Montreal Alouettes meet the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Hamilton and the radio voice of the Alouettes on TSN 690, Sean Campbell here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Thanks for the time today, Sean. No problem. Hey, uh, before we talk Alouettes, uh, I'm a lifelong Montreal Canadiens fan. Do you think we can uh, somehow get the Canadiens to swing a deal with Chicago so they can take Connor Bedard? I know <laughs> I was getting my hopes up during draft lottery. We all knew Montreal wasn't going to win it, but uh, Montreal has the fifth overall pick, which isn't too bad, I guess. No, fifth uh, is pretty good spot. It's uh... I find it's one of the more intriguing spots at the draft, and yeah. next week's going to be a lot of fun in Montreal, and we kind of know Bedard, likely Fantilli at two. There has been talk that uh, the Ducks might, uh, you know, make a move on that uh, spot. Maybe Montreal would be interested, but when you get to three, four, five mm-hmm. between Carlson, Smith, Reinbacher, Mitchkoff, I mean, Montreal is in a decision-making spot at number five, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, you do the play-by-play for the AHL's Lavelle Rocket, right? 
Yes, I am. Yeah, so a lot of these guys taken in the draft next week, you, you will get a lot of opportunities to see these guys up close. Is there any player that you know, you're know you hoping to see the Canadians take at number five? Uh, I'm really intrigued with Will Smith, the guy that I've circled. I know that there's, of course, intrigue with Mitch Goff, but that's waiting three years and see if the Canadians are that patient. Uh, we've heard from Kent Hughes year in and year out uh, over the last two years saying that they want to kind of have an aggressive rebuild they want to get to it as soon as possible so i don't know if mitch Goff's in their plans but we'll see after he meets with the team and how they feel about him because that could change easily yeah i can't wait for the commission to say from the regina pats connor bedard <laughs> <laughs> i know people in regina here have just been looking forward to that nhl draft coming up on wednesday and hey i do have you on here though to talk some football you are the voice of the alouettes and you follow this team closely the Owls are back at it tonight after a bye last week. A week two bye, huh? Isn't that kind of weird? I bet the team probably wanted to keep the train, you know, rolling after the week one win versus Ottawa. Yeah, you know what? I talked to a couple players about that. And, yeah, it's awkward to have a week two bye. But I also think with how tight uh, training camp was, and how hard it was in the two-a-days, and they get going, and then they get into the two preseason games, and then it's right away into week one. It was actually a good time for the team to kind of decompress and reset, and they did it off of a victory. Now, there was issues that they had to try and fix, and that gave them a little bit more time. So, you know, nine-team league, you know, you're going to get a buy. Someone's going to have to have a buy each and every week. So the week two buy you know, overall for the Owls, of course, they'd love to work on what they did in week one, but I think the break actually did them good. And if you look at what, you know, Hamilton has to go through for the game tonight, they played on Sunday and it's a short week for them. And the Owls are a team that are going to have almost two full weeks since they last played. So, you know, looking for Montreal's, you know, trying to even things up here against Hamilton on the road, that, that that might be a factor in this game. Sean Campbell, the voice of the Alouettes on TSN 690 in Montreal. Uh, Cody Fajardo, the lead man in Montreal now, kind of gauging the fan base here in Saskatchewan while Cody was here. A lot liked him, and then there was a good chunk who were kind of tired of him, I guess is the way to put it. How is Fajardo fitting in so far in the Montreal market where maybe not every word and every sentence is magnified like it is here in Regina? Yeah, I think he's fitting in quite well. You know, the fan base hasn't had enough time to get tired of him. He played Mm -hmm. just under a half in one preseason game, and he's had one game under his belt. Uh, He's had a couple good drives in his preseason game. He had a beautiful drive up the field, used his running game, found his receivers, got in uh, to the end zone. Then the first drive last week with a big play to Austin Mack, and then he's able to finish off. But then the rest of the game stagnated a little bit, but he didn't turn over the ball. I guess in week one, the big issue that fans had were uh, when he gets scrambling and he gets sacked, he doesn't get sacked for four, five, six yards. He's getting sacked for nine, 10, 11 yard losses. And that just kills the drives. So there was a lot of drives last week that really ended abruptly because of how bad he got sacked and he tried to use his legs, just couldn't get free. But, you know, overall, when he's speaking to the media, I think that uh, he's coming across quite well. He he really is cherishing this opportunity to be a starter again uh, with the Alouettes under Jason Moss, and I think he's the kind of guy that that understands. You know, you got to perform to to hold on to that number one spot. Mm-hmm. 
So he's he's putting he's trying to make the most of this opportunity with Montreal. Yeah, and there's no arguing he is one tough football player. He played through a lot of injuries, a lot of pain when he wore the green and white. So a good core of the Alouettes this year were with the Riders the last few campaigns. Like you mentioned, Jason Moss now in charge. What are the noticeable differences between this year and prior years? You know, when it comes to the culture and feel in the building. Um, you know the. The culture seems that, you know, that kind of came in with Danny Machocha uh, a couple of years ago, and I think that has stayed. And, yes, Jason Moss has come in as head coach, but he's actually kept pretty much the whole staff intact. There's been a couple adjustments, uh, but uh, uh, Anthony Calfield is still around. Noel Thorpe is still around. Byron Archambault is still around. Uh, a lot of the coaches are still around, so Moss has kind of inherited the group of coaches that were already in place. The one thing that I'll say, you know, culture of the team, they, they, they felt that they got close to the Great Cup last year. They want to build off of that. They understand that they lost superstar receiver Eugene Lewis and Trevor Harris has moved on, but I think they're comfortable where they're at. There's still question marks around the receiving core, but, you know, the offense is different. It's, it's Jason Moss has brought in his system and it doesn't look like anything that the Alouettes were doing last year with Machocha and, and, and Calvio. You could already see the, the extra fullbacks, the, the extra down linemen. They, they'll, they'll, put, they'll put six linemen on the field all the time. Uh, you know, it's not always five receiver set to, with, with Jason Moss. So I think those are the changes you see. Outside of that, the organization, they're just still trying to build of what Danny Machocha has been building for a couple of years. Yeah. The QB matchup tonight will be Cody Fajardo versus Matthew Schiltz. Uh, where does Tim Hortons Field rank on your list as far as uh, stadiums to call a game in? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. Mm-hmm. It's the only stadium I've been to where the windows don't open in the press box. Ooh. So it's... Uh, Might be at the bottom of the list then. I, look, the, <laughs> the, the stadium is awesome. Yeah, uh, I think it's beautiful. I love that there's the, the, the wind element to it. I, I've, I've been to it many times. But it's down there on my list. It's a little low because I like to call football in open air. And for some reason, Press Row, they, uh, for the radio, and, and it's, it's all closed windows. You don't have an open window. You feel like you're calling a game in a cabin. So, yeah, it's, it's down there for me. But the stadium itself is nice you know, to go yeah. to. But for, for press and calling a game, yeah. down near the bottom. What would be number one? Oh, number one. Winnipeg or Saskatchewan, love both of those. Those those were a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I have a soft spot for Montreal. Montreal, is, you know, the stadium itself is old. I get it. It's bench seating, but I don't have to sit in the bench seating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> from my perspective, we're we're looking over the downtown yeah, view of nice Montreal. Area. You're up yeah. on the mountain. I think on a on a summer's night, walking up to the stadium is one of my favorite things to do in Montreal. So mm-hmm. that's a soft spot, but I'm going to take that out of it. And I know that I'm talking uh, to Saskatchewan, but I've only, I only, I only did the, uh, well, I guess it was years ago I did the old, so I've done both in Regina. We're not, there's no trips to Regina this year, mm-hmm. uh, but I really like the new stadium, the IG field in Winnipeg. That was, that was a thing of beauty. How does this Montreal team match up versus Hamilton tonight? What kind of game are you expecting? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this without Bo Levi Mitchell and Matthew Schultz in there. Schultz is always, Every time he plays the outs, he's always good for one big run, like a 30, 35-yard run. He kind of catches the defense off guard with, with how good his legs are. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten a lot of experience, so I don't think that that'll slow down the defense, uh, the Hamilton offense too much. But I think this is going to be a tight affair. I, I'm looking at a low-scoring affair. Kicking game's going to be a factor. 
between uh, Legio and, and, and Cote because of the wind. Uh, last few times that these two teams have faced off, it's really the rivalry is right there, and it goes down to the last play. Uh, with some dramatic finishes over the last few years, and even in Hamilton. And Hamilton's one of the toughest places uh, for the Owls to win, and they they really haven't won there often. They did uh, get one last year, but I think that I'm looking for a, a tight, low-scoring affair, and possibly the team with the most turnovers defensively might be able to might be able to edge this one out yeah looking forward to watching this one it will be uh on the tv in the studio here tonight alouettes and tiger cats and hey before i let you go those are some uh sharp looking threads the owls brought out on social media yesterday all reds with some nice striping on it are we going to be able to see those poppies next week uh, yes, I believe they are planning to wear them for July 1st at home against Winnipeg. Uh, I, I really like them too. I'm, uh, I am I like my jerseys. I like to see the ones that I like and the ones that I don't like. But uh, the first time I saw those, I felt like they popped. Mm-hmm. I thought that they looked pretty sharp. And I like that they're they're bringing the red back. Yeah, all red on Canada Day. That's a, a great idea there. Hey, Sean Campbell, the radio voice for the Montreal Alouettes on TSN 690. Thanks for your time today, my friend. Have a good call tonight. Anytime. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a good one to watch tonight. Cody Fajardo, his second official game as the quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes, taking on Matthew Schiltz. And the Hamilton Tiger Cats, no bull Levi Mitchell. That kind of sucks for Canadian Football League fans. But, uh, hey, got to work with the hand you're dealt. We are just getting rolling here on the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. And back with your sports ticker at 331 on this Friday. It's plus 25 degrees here in the Queen City. The Saskatchewan Rough Rider depth chart has been released. And some good news for the Rough Riders. Derek Moncrief will be in the lineup tomorrow night. Nick Marshall also back in there playing cornerback. And other roster moves as far as the depth chart goes. Kendall Watson will get the start in place of the injured. Jawan Breskison and Peter Godber. He's in the starting lineup, but uh, a G. DT is beside his name, which means a game time decision. So uh, we shall see there. And also, uh, Nelson Lacombo will be starting in place of the injured Jaden Dalkey. And speaking of injuries, the Hamilton Tiger Cats have moved veteran quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell to the six game injured list uh, with a abductor injury. So uh, mm, that's not, not looking good for Bo Levi. Reggie Bagleton as well. Is, has been placed on the six-game injury list with the Calgary Stampeders. So, yes, he will not be in the lineup tomorrow when the Stamps take on the Riders. It's one of the teams our whole country rallies around. The chase for the championship is on. Time for today's Blue Jays reports on the Sports Cage. And today's Blue Jays report is with the radio voice and right now the TV voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner. And Ben, big series coming up starting tonight with uh, the Oakland Athletics and town taking on the Bluebirds. And maybe a chance for some home cooking for the Blue Jays, considering, you know, a very tough San Francisco Giants team coming into town next week, followed by the Boston Red Sox. Well, the Giants and the Red Sox are red hot right now. Yes. Not that you look past any series. But the A's certainly are a, a struggling ball club. You, you know, they, they shopped away so many of the, the stalwarts that had led to their success and postseason runs uh, before we got to 2020. And it's really a sad, sad state for that franchise right now. 
and their pitching is deficient. You know, you know, they're trying to do it with a piecemeal, piecemeal situation in Oakland. Um, but again, you, you got to roll the balls out. You got to play the game, and it should be fun first and foremost this weekend. But the Blue Jays need some momentum going to the All Star break in this nine game homestand, plus then the road trip through Chicago and Detroit. It could really dictate how aggressive the Blue Jays are looking at their plans post-All-Star break, thus then leading into the trade deadline. It's an important two weeks for Toronto and certainly not to be overlooked. Hey, I appreciate it, Ben. Have a good call tonight. Ben Wagner, the voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, featured on today's Blue Jays report. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Back inside the sports cage, the Toronto Blue Jays starting up a three-game weekend series versus the Oakland Athletics tonight at Rogers Centre. And I'm excited to bring this guy onto the Saskatchewan Canada Airwaves here on 620 CKRM, the radio color voice of the Oakland A's. However, during this road trip here, he has been the lead man doing play-by-play with Ken Korak away. Vince Catronio of the Oakland A's radio network with us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. How's Eastern Canada treating you today, Vince? Well, Sean, first of all, I, I love the city. I've been asking my wife to come for years to Toronto, uh, especially when the weather is nice, which it wasn't today. A lot of rain, but still, we got in last night, got a chance to walk around Yorkville a little bit, got a nice bite to eat, really enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the friendliness of the people. There's everything to like about uh, being in Canada, for sure, for me. Hey, what is your favorite ballpark to call a game in? Which uh, park has the best sight line? Well, that's, I mean, to put it that way certainly narrows it down because you can talk about the historical parks like Wrigley and Fenway, even Dodger Stadium. Uh, For me, on the road, Target Field is my favorite place. You're right behind home plate. It's great sight lines. Uh, I love the ballpark. It's very uh, cozy, and that's a good place to work. I also like uh, the new Yankee Stadium. I don't like the energy. I think the energy is gone from the old ballpark because it became much more corporate, but the same thing. I mean, John Sterling and Susan Wallman didn't want the booth. That was originally theirs for, for broadcast, so they moved down the hall, and they put us right behind home plate as well. So uh, that's great sidelines as well. But as is the case in just about every place you go, Sean, there's not a, there's not a bad stadium yeah. at the big leagues. I can talk about <laughs> the beauty of being in Kansas City. I can talk about being nice and low in Anaheim. Uh, love the booth size and the sidelines in Cleveland and Seattle and Baltimore go on and on and on. It's and, of course, our place at the Coliseum, while it is what it is, for what we do and where we sit and the history inside that booth, uh, it's a great place to work. Now, the A's might not be very good on the field right now, but that's not the case up in the broadcast booth because one of the best radio broadcast crews in the majors is, without a doubt, the Oakland A's, Ken Korak, alongside yourself, Vince Catronio. For our listeners, Vince, uh, how long have you and Ken been working together now? Well, this is our 18th year together, and uh, he's taken some time off over the course of the past few seasons, so that's like you mentioned, he's not on this trip. I'm actually moved to uh, television some, so I'm doing some television uh, for the rest of the season, about half the games. But uh, Ken and I have been together for 18 years. We met for the first time in the minor leagues in 1989 when he was in Phoenix and I was in Tucson, then he went to Vegas, and then I got to uh, Houston in 91, and he began his trek the next year and spent some time with the White Sox, with Baltimore, and then got the full-time gig with Oakland. And when they had an opening with the unfortunate passing of Bill King, who was an icon 
in the Bay Area, not just for the A's, but for the Warriors during their heyday of the 70s and during the John Madden heyday with the Raiders and having to step in and follow those immense shoes was a challenge. But Ken was always there to kind of guide along the way and made it uh, an easy transition. It took some time for the folks, and as, as I could understand, because as I told them on the first day of spring training of 2006, I'm not Bill. I knew Bill. He was a friend. He was a colleague. And you did not get a chance to uh, say goodbye to Bill because he had passed away unexpectedly in the offseason. But I will do my best to uphold what is the tradition of this booth going back to the Monty Moore days. And luckily, uh, we've been able to keep it going and thankful to be able to do it. And it is named the Bill King Broadcast Booth now, correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. we did that a few years ago. The the year, you know, the, the first year was tough. We, we played a lot of Bill memories and then, as you know, a couple of years ago, we lost Ray. Ray Fossey did some games on radio also when he wasn't on television. And Ray was as iconic as they come. They only played three years for the A's, but they won two World Series, went to the playoffs the other, and then been on the air in some form or fashion broadcasting since the 80s. And when they would have the reunions of the 72 and se- or the 73 and 74 teams uh, out on the field, even when you've got – Ken Holtzman and Sal Bando and Gene Tennis, all stars of those World Series wins. When Ray was introduced, he got the loudest applause. And we miss him dearly. He meant an awful lot to me uh, on and especially off off the air. And uh, those were those were tough times, but uh, loved Ray a lot. And we still talk about him in a positive way every day. Yeah, well, that's great. Vince Catronio of the Oakland Athletics Radio Network here on the Western Pizza Hotline. I want to get into the A's and J's for tonight, but first I have to ask you about this Vegas thing. I know it's not happening today. It's not happening tomorrow, but uh, it looks like it is going to happen in the future. How do you feel about this whole move from Oakland to Vegas? I'm sure you're probably asked about it quite a bit. We are, and it's not something we really talk a whole lot about. It's it's certainly handled well above yeah. where we sit at the Coliseum. Uh, it's ownership. It's something uh, they've talked about for decades. I'm trying to find a new place to replace the Coliseum, whether it was in Oakland or now in a, in a place like Las Vegas. You know, we'll, we'll see when the time comes. When, when the time comes, I'll certainly talk about it more then. But right yeah. now, we're just kind of let it play out. And uh, when that time comes, we'll be ready for it if it comes. So the A's taking on the Blue Jays tonight at Rogers Center. Oakland has a 19 and 58 record on the season. The A's did have a seven-game winning streak here in the month of June before cooling off again. What was working for the team there during that seven-game win streak? Well, Sean, you've got a team that's you know last in on the pitching side, last in the ERA, most home runs allowed, most walks, second fewest strikeouts, most hit batters. So that was a challenge, just trying to keep the opposition off the board. Uh, the team also was near the last or bottom of the league in runs scored, uh, bottom of the league in on base and slugging. So all those things working or conspiring together made it every night challenging. At the beginning of the year, it was very challenging, and they lost games back-to-back 11 nothing. They were beat 17-6 to by the Mets where they walked 17 batters. It just was oh. not the caliber of baseball that you associate with the Oakland Athletics. It's a young team. It's a team that uh, has to kind of just learn along the way. And Mark Kotze is trying to stay on message, trying to stay positive. And his message has been just today, just make today a good day. And from a broadcast standpoint, we've done the same thing. Ken and I go into these situations, and we're just hoping 
for what would be a, a good competitive game. And in the month of June, they've been there. You know, the seven-game winning streak, everything clicked. Good starting pitching, excellent hitting with the runners in scoring position, solid defense, the kind of things that happen for good teams over a much more extended period of time. And then the eight-game hitting streak hit, or losing streak hit, and that's been challenging only because they've been very close games, low-scoring games. The A's have been in every one of those games and have not – have not been able to either hold a lead or come back and win a game or or just find a way to win. And that's been the challenge for the athletics at this time, and that's what you're going to deal with with, with the club, with the kind of roster the A's have. But there is some there is some excitement on the field. Estuary Ruiz leading the majors in stolen bases. Uh, he will break Kenny Lofton's record if he stays healthy for most steals by a rookie, which is 66 in 1992 from Cleveland mm-hmm. by Kenny Lofton. And you know he's gonna he's gonna maybe this weekend he might break the A's rookie record, which is 42 by Mitchell Page, back in 1977. So that's been something to watch, something to pay attention to. Ryan Nota's our young first baseman, got from the Dodgers, has some power, an excellent defender at first base. And then you got good young pitching that's trying to you know find their way. J.P. Sears, Luis Medina, uh, Hogan Harris, who's pitching tomorrow for the A's. Uh, there are some stories that are developing, as anybody knows that follows the game. It just takes time. It takes time for young players. It takes time for young pitchers to, to find their way and feel like they belong and feel like they have established themselves. That's kind of where the A's are right now. So how do you see this A's team uh, stacking up versus the Blue Jays this weekend? What kind of series do you expect? Is it going to be a... Well, I mean, I, I think the Athletics, w- with their pitching right now, especially their starting pitching, they feel like they could be competitive. Now, you know, the, the firepower that the Blue Jays bring to the table is is much different. They certainly know the third baseman, Matt Chapman, very well. They know the starting pitcher tonight, Chris Bassett, extremely well. They they both hone their skills in white spikes as athletics, so they're very familiar with them. Uh, certainly, it'll be a challenge, but, I mean, the A's have been up to that challenge. They took two out of three from Atlanta. They swept Milwaukee. They took two out of three in Pittsburgh. Teams that are were in first place at the time of the competition. You know, the A's won the first two games of a series against Tampa Bay. Almost were the first team to give them their first three-game losing streak, so while on the schedule it says, you know, soft, look at the record, it should be a, you know, should be an easy weekend. I wouldn't say that because the A's have really fought hard. They've been competitive, and I expect some good games here this weekend. Hey, last one for you, Vince. Is it difficult for a broadcaster to call games when the team he is calling isn't having much on-field success? Well, like I said before, Sean, it's it's tonight. Yeah. Hoping for, you know, a good game tonight. Just hoping for a com- you know, some good plays, good pitching, competitive, yeah. and in the game, and maybe win the game. Yeah. That's where the A's are at this point. I mean, you are what your record says. And when you only have 19 wins and you're almost knocking on the door of July, that tells you it's been a long year. So you have to be realistic about it. But you also feel like you're, you're seeing some stories develop. And that's the beauty of baseball, Sean, is that it just takes time. Mm-hmm. Every day brings a, a different chapter. Every day brings a, maybe a different page of something that's, that's on the positive side. And we try to take advantage of that try to use that as much as we can. But again, we know, we know what the A's are and, and where they are right now in their development. They've got some players that are knocking on the door in the minor leagues that may be here in the next year, year and a half. That could perhaps be the next core like Murphy and Simeon and Chapman and Olsen were there for a while. We'll see. But in the meantime, as for tonight, as for tomorrow, as for Sunday, at first pitch, just hoping for a competitive game. And like I said before, Based on what we've seen all month from the A's pitching staff, you feel like you got a chance, and that's what really 
when you talk about Oakland A's baseball, you do talk about uh, the great history of the pitching all, all the way back to Vida and Catfish. Hey, well, if you run into the voice of the Blue Jays, Ben Wagner, up in the booth over the weekend, tell him you were on the sports cage today. He would love to hear it. He's on here every uh, week with us. Uh, thanks for taking the time today, Vincent. Have a good call tonight. Have fun in Toronto this weekend. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Vince Catronio from the Oakland Athletics Radio Network on the Western Pizza Hotline. And there's no doubt about it. The Oakland Athletics have always had top-tier unis. Love their uniforms. So Sean Kleisinger in today for Michael Ball. Blaine Weiland across the board for me here. We're going to head to break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes today on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, back inside the Sports Cage here on this Friday for Nelson Holmes. And what a game it was last night to sit back on the couch and watch the BC Lions defeat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 30-6 to the final score. Former University of Regina Ram linebacker Ryder Varga loved watching you play last night. That big tackle on special teams. How's the body feel the day after pro football game? Um, I mean, it definitely doesn't feel like 100%, but yeah. some days you come out a little bit sore, a couple places, but nothing, uh, nothing crazy. Your offense was clicking, defense, the amount of pressure you guys were getting. Uh, what was in the water yesterday for you guys? What a performance. I mean, I don't know. We just, we really had a short week there. We really only practiced. Yeah, like one real practice, like the week before uh, the game. So we just, we just tried to lock in mentally and we know that we're a talented team. We got, we got tremendous coaches that, that have great teams for us. So everyone just tries to do their role and we, we focus on doing our thing and let the, let the cards fall where they, where they do. So, Hey, take us through that special teams tackle. That was some type of play you ripping down the field there and making that big hit. Uh, yeah, so I was kind of the, the second level there, just making sure that nothing, that he wasn't going to break free. And then uh, I just kind of felt a, a lack of lack of presence from our team on the field side, and he happened to break contain, and uh, I just felt it and kind of broke out there. Somehow I was able to keep up with him. I don't know. I don't know if he was running slow or if I just somehow unlocked some, some speed boost on that play, but I managed to keep keep stride with him and, and take him down. But I, I had all my teammates there pursuing from the back side to make sure he couldn't cut back on me. So gotta got to tip the cap to my teammates as well in there. Hey, man, you got to give yourself some credit. you got some speed going down there on the field. Rams fans proud back here in Regina. So coming up next week for you guys, is uh, a date in Toronto against the defending Grey Cup champions on a on a Monday. So that's going to be different. A Monday afternoon game, or no, it's a Monday evening game at Toronto. So uh, this will be the first time that uh, you play Toronto, Ontario in your pro football career. Are you looking forward to uh, the upcoming game? Yeah, it'll be it'll be good for sure. I know they got a they got a grass field out there, so I have to yeah. kind of prepare for that and, and different conditions. But I'm excited. They look like a really good team, and I think they play here. Uh, Player tomorrow, so we'll be watching, watching closely, and just trying to have a good week of preparation, trying to get our bodies back to 100% before the game. Hey, how's the Vancouver life treating you? I know Michael Ball asked you this, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, going from Regina, Saskatchewan, to Vancouver, British Columbia, just uh, you know, just a little bit different of a feel. How how you liking it so far? Yeah, it's it's really nice out here. Um, obviously, I mean, the city is huge. Like, I'm just in a part of. I'm in Surrey, and to even get to like the 
the stadium on the SkyTrain is like a 40 minute, 40 minute train ride. So it's kind of the scale of the city is just a lot. So I haven't really got around to to exploring uh, all the all the nooks and crannies of Vancouver and the greater Vancouver area. But um, I know way around my little neighborhood here now. Yeah. But I'm trying to trying to expand that that radius that I that I know is familiar to me. So I'll, I'll see how how I'm feeling at the end of the year. But I'm really liking it so far. And um, yeah, no complaints. Hey, are you a, a soccer fan at all? Do you like soccer? Maybe a Vancouver Whitecaps game is in the in the cards coming up here for Ryder Varga. I don't know. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, it, it might it might have to be. But I really wasn't a huge soccer fan growing up. I mean, I watched like, the World Cup and stuff, but the odds that you'll catch me watching like a like a random soccer game in my house on the TV would be pretty close to none. If I'm going to be completely honest, but obviously I have to come out and support the the local teams here and. And uh, go to a Whitecaps game. I know they they kind of hook us up sometimes with some some tickets or or whatever. So I'll go out with some of my teammates and try to enjoy the game and bring some atmosphere and some uh, good vibes to the stadium. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on today, and uh, congratulations on the big thirty to six win yesterday in Winnipeg. Can't wait to watch you coming up here on the holiday Monday, July third in Toronto. Thanks, Ryder. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, welcome back inside the Sports Cage for Hour 2 here. Today's show brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs. For over 65 years, I'm Sean Kleisinger. As you heard Big Voice say right there, I'm alongside Blaine Wyland across the board for me. And let's see here. I'm doing math in my head. We are 25 hours away, less than 25 hours away until kickoff between the Calgary Stampeders and Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And we are joined on the Western Pizza Hotline now by former Calgary Stampeder receiver, and former Montreal Alouette receiver, Canadian Football Hall of Famer, uh, multi-time All-Star, multi-time Great Cup champion, and current receivers coach for the Calgary Stampeders. Nick Lewis joins us here. So uh, how's the season going so far? You're familiar with Calgary and stuff. We all know. How's it feel to be back in the game of football? It's always good to be a part of the CFL and, and back in Calgary. Um, feels like I never left, you know, eight years ago leaving Calgary to head to Montreal to play, uh, coaching one year in B.C. and now back here. So it feels like I never left. And, you know, it's good to have continuity with the same people in the organization that was here when when I left eight years ago. You know, guys like Mark Mueller and Pat Delmonico and Dave Dickinson on the offensive side of the ball and John Huffnagel. So uh, good to see some old, familiar faces. Hey, uh, me and Blaine Wyland in our sports department were talking about this the other day. Uh, back in 2005, I, I remember going to my very first Ryder game in Calgary, and it just so happened to be Henry Burris' first time that he uh, played the Rough Riders as the quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders. And I believe you're, uh, you were in that game. Do you uh, have any recollection of that game? I, for some reason, just remember it back in my mind. Uh, July 23rd, 2005, you guys absolutely blew out the Rough Riders that game. Do you remember that one? Well, I remember one game um, against the Riders. I don't know exactly which one it was, mm. uh, but it was, I, I believe, in 2005 that I had a, a big catch. Um, I think it was a 75, 85-yard touchdown 
uh, after a Brian Clark interception. I don't know if that was the game, uh, but I know that there was a game, uh, I believe it was that year. You know, they all kind of float together yeah. after so many years. I mean, being 18 years ago, uh, just understanding that, you know, as many plays as been made and uh, how this how these two teams have turned into such a, a tremendous rivalry. You know, we when I got here, we had a great rivalry with Edmonton, but just through the years of meeting Saskatchewan in the playoffs so many times, uh, it really started to, to flare up. So definitely a great game to go to. Which rivalry in your playing career did you kind of like uh, get amped up for the most? Was it those Labor Day games versus Edmonton, or is it something else? Well, I mean, we were always pumped up for Labor Day, right? Um, beating the same team that's in your same province, uh, there's a lot of bragging rights on the line there. Um, I just think that with really with how the dynamic started to play out, especially after the Riders won the, the Great Cup in 2007, and how you could see everything start to play out um, with both teams and how we played each other in 2007 in the playoffs, 2008. No, we didn't play them in eight. We played BC, but 2009, 2010, like there started to be that everybody kind of expected us to to meet in those Western finals and and be able to see who's going to the Great Cup. So there was always a lot on the line uh, when we played the Riders, and uh, you always wanted to set the standard during the season so that you would have the best chance to win during the playoffs. Nick Lewis, Calgary Stampeders receiving coach on the Western Pizza Hotline here, and uh, another installment of the Stampeders and Rough Riders will be underway tomorrow night. And I saw across the wire earlier this week that you guys will be without Reggie Bagleton this week. How big of a loss is that guy uh, for your lineup? Obviously a big one. Silly question, but your thoughts on it? It's a, it's a tremendous loss uh, to lose a guy to the caliber of Reggie uh, Bagleton, but at the same time, you know, we're all pros and everybody got their start uh, with an opportunity. You know, uh, my start came with an opportunity. Um, everybody that you know now in the league, um, someone had to get hurt or something happened to allow them the opportunity to go off and make plays and, and become who they are. So we got a lot of young receivers. I'm looking forward to watching them step up this week and, and make some big plays and to be able to make a name for themselves. And it only makes it better down the stretch because the young guys are getting quality reps now. Mm-hmm. Is there maybe one or two guys in particular that you're really like looking forward to you know, see get some opportunities that uh, maybe haven't in the past? I mean, you know, every week I feel like Clark Barnes gets better and better, uh, getting more and more comfortable. Um, you know, we're going to have some other guys with Ryzen John and Cole Tucker. Uh, that's going to have a chance to be on the field more that hasn't been on the field uh, this year, really. And uh, so looking forward to see what we can do as a as a core, as a receiving core. You know, we don't really worry about the individual. We worry about how we can do it together and, and understand how impactful we are together. And um, But I, I really like the way it's shaping up and understand that, you know, with young guys, you just want them to bring as much energy as possible so that, you know, any any mistakes, anything we can correct, but you always want young guys to bring energy. And if we bring energy, we, we feel confident about what we can accomplish. Hey, how's Jake Mayer fitting in? Big transition, of course, big shoes to fill. Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, 
you know, those are pretty big shoes. Jake Mayer, the next guy up. And I know uh, there's a lot of people across the league that I feel like are big fans of Jake Mayer. And then there's a lot of people on the other side of the coin that are kind of, you know, still doubters. Uh, what would you tell those doubters? What kind of quarterback do you guys have in Calgary and Jake Mayer this year? Oh, man, Jake's a tremendous guy, uh, person on and off the field. But I think um, it's just natural for people to doubt you until you go out and accomplish something, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, we're okay with that. He's okay with that. And we're all on a proven ground to go out and prove ourselves and uh, to prove that we belong uh, amongst the elite in the league. And and we feel like Jake can be there, and it's a process to get there, right? So um, we're we're enjoying this process, and we understand that we – we have to get there together, and it's good that we have a lot of young guys around him that uh, they they grow together, and they're able to communicate, and they're able to do the things that they need to do uh, to accomplish goals, and that's win games. And Nick Lewis on the Western Pizza Hotline here. One more quick one for you, Nick. Did you watch any of that game last night? The BC Lions, man, they shocked a lot of people, but maybe you know people within the game wouldn't be as much of a shock. Were you expecting a performance like that from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Uh, I'll say I was expecting a performance like that from the BC Lions. I mean, yeah. uh, knowing Ryan Phillips for a long time, you know, being teammates in Montreal together, coaching together in BC, understanding the type of person he is and the type of coordinator he is. And um, I-, I love to see when when the guys go out and play the way they play. They played inspiring football. Uh, they fool around on defense. You know, for me coaching over there a couple years ago, yeah, um, I know a few of those guys, and you know, just like Gary Peters and, and T. Lee, man, just being leaders of that secondary and going out there and, and making plays in the secondary, they've done a tremendous job. And I think you know, um, you, you got to give R. P. some credit, man, because he's done an amazing job this year. And you know, they're three and zero. They've only given up twenty one points, and they continue to get better and better. So um, definitely, definitely know uh, what they're capable of because we played them. Yeah, and uh, I felt like we played a bad game against them, and we put up 15 points. So, um, we're we're looking forward to the next matchup. Hey, this has been fun, man. We'll see you at McMahon Stadium tomorrow night. Thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes today. Oh, no problem. Have a great one. Awesome receivers coach for the Calgary Stampeders, Nick Lewis, ahead of tomorrow night's game, and uh, yeah, that's a big loss for their receiving core. Reggie Bagleton not in the lineup, former Green Bay Packer and uh, one of the big producers on offense for the Calgary Stampeders. So we will see if the Riders' defense can take advantage of that. And don't forget the voice of the Riders, Michael Ball, will be hopping on the Western Pizza Hotline to kick off hour three. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. No goals to show for it. Blitz coming. And do they have him again? Matthew Betts again. His second of the night. And that is his fourth of the season as that BC defense at times has been relentless in their pressure. And he ended the game with three sacks, Matthew Betts did, as the BC Lions trounced the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last night, 30-6 to the final score. And Matthew Betts, a big reason why. He is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. 
And it's 420 here on this Friday, plus 25 downtown Regina, mostly sunny. I wish we could do a show just like outside someday. How cool would that be? Like Ballsy and I did in Huntington Beach, California. Man, that was nice. Let me drift away and just think for a second how beautiful that was. No, man, it's uh, it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. We will all wake up, and it will be a game day for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders taking on the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, not much happening in the sports world today. Uh, yes, the Toronto Blue Jays will be taking on the Oakland Athletics. That's at the 5.07 our time. Uh, I saw this today, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Hey, time to get amped up for this, huh? They will play an NHL preseason game in Halifax. Oh, yeah. So uh, I bet they will expect quite the crowd for Sid's return home. That's going to be a... Hey, I'm kind of scoffing at it, but for the people out east, that's probably pretty exciting, no? See Sidney Crosby and the... I almost wonder if they're going to put him against Colorado with Nathan McKinnon. I have a whole Cole Harbor battle out there, I guess, but uh, even just having Sidney Crosby, I'm sure it's a big deal for them. Yeah. I saw this today as well. Patrick Marlowe, he's back in San Jose, but uh, not as a player. <laughs> I, I tricked uh, I tricked you. tricked you all. Uh, Patrick Marlowe is a, a development coach and hockey operations advisor for the San Jose Sharks. So uh, Saskatchewan's own finding his way back into hockey. And NBA draft was last night. You see uh, Victor Wembenyama. He was taken first overall by no surprise to the San Antonio Spurs. But uh, which, you know... One thing was a surprise yesterday was when Victor Wembenyama said that uh, he could beat Michael Jordan one on one. You see that, Blaine? I did see that this morning. Like I couldn't. I mean, I get it. It's he's he said, "Well, I could beat a sick any sixty year old." But then he, when he said any six any person in this room could beat Michael Jordan, I kind of rolled my eyes. Show some respect, man. Absolutely. He just gets drafted first overall in the NBA, and he's coming out and saying that he can beat the goat one on one, like. Come on, you gotta you gotta know your place in this world, my friend. I'm still cheering for him, I guess. Am I cheering for him? I don't think I am actually. I don't know if I'm cheering for him or not. No, why would I have any reason to cheer for that guy for? I don't, I'm not. I'm I, just uh, wait till he talks about the Milwaukee Bucks, then you can nail that coffin there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Bucks they were pretty quiet on draft night because well, we didn't really. We had one pick in the second round, and that was it. Uh, they were one of those teams that teams that traded their draft picks all the way up to twenty thirty. Yeah, <laughs> some of those trades remind me of WHL trades in the NBA. Yeah, like draft no, picks. They do. No, that's with a good draft point. picks traded like ten years down the line, and they only got. I mean, they only got two rounds in the NBA draft, so I understand maybe a little bit why they kind of go year like so far to the future, but still trading a draft pick twenty thirty. What do you think of those wardrobes last night, huh? Some of those suits those guys are wearing? How about the Raptors pick with uh, Grady Dick, I believe? Yeah, Grady Dick. from Can- And the whole Kansas, that was his tie-in, eh? Because of slippers? Uh, like Dorothy's slippers is why he yeah. wore that red suit. So. And it was all amped up after the draft because uh, apparently Drake... Champagne oh, yeah. Poppy, I think is his name, or something goofy like that on Instagram. <laughs> uh, he was all he was he was all amped up because uh, Champagne Poppy 
have followed him <laughs> and it just made this guy's life like oh my goodness what a world we live in huh champagne poppy <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it is oh my god i'm pretty sure that's what it is uh, hey big game coming up tomorrow for the saskatchewan rough riders the depth chart was released today and uh in the lineup not starting however he's one of the designated americans on the depth chart brian cox jr he will be in there for the saskatchewan rough riders hoping to see a big game from him and uh you, Blaine Weiland, caught up with Brian Cox Jr. before the team departed to Calgary. All right, I'm joined with number 50 for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Brian Cox. And uh, I guess, Brian, to start off with, two games into the season, how does it feel to be back on the field uh, playing for the Green-White? Feels good. Um, wouldn't want any other way. Back out here just enjoying the moment, soaking it all in. I know uh, every player you know, out of training kind of feels that they have to earn their way onto the team. Did you feel that, especially with the group of the defensive linemen that you uh, competed with uh, during training camp? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, there's already a group of vets in here that were playing last year and um, already established, so it definitely was a, a grind to get in there and crack the lineup. Just want to get your thoughts about the unit as a whole, the defensive line that you're competing with as teammates now. Uh, I think we're a really solid unit, honestly. Um, we got a few kinks to work out. Last week didn't go as we planned. Um, I just feel like we just got a few things to work out. Once we get those things ironed out, I think we're going to be a really, really good group. It's a one-on-one one record, but is it fair to say that it's kind of been up and down so far for three, two weeks? Uh, yeah, it's still early in the season. Um, like I said, we still got a lot of things to work out uh, within ourselves on the D-line and then within our whole team. So once we get those kinks ironed out, I think we'll be all right. I uh, just want to get your thoughts about Anthony Lanier and just uh, watching him uh, throughout, the, I guess, the first uh, few weeks I've been with the team. Uh, he's a dog, man. He comes to work every day. Uh, howling, making all kind of noise and stuff, and he comes out here to work. He puts his hard hat on every day and, and shows us how it's done, so it's, it's been great having him in the room. Uh, even if uh, you guys, I know you guys got nicked up last week, is there even still an expectation for yourself that you might get a bigger role even if guys do come back into the lineup this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always preparing like a starter. Um, regardless of what my role is that week, I just try to prepare myself to get the maximum amount of snaps because you never know how each week's going to go. So, yeah, I think I'm ready for whatever comes my way. In terms of playing the edge inside, do you have a preference in terms of those two positions? Uh, definitely the edge. Yeah, I'm an edge, edge, edge defender. Anything in particular that stands out in terms of playing the edge for you? Uh, just, just still, like I said, just still getting used to that yard off. Um, week two, but it's still one of those things. It's like I've been playing football, regular, like American football yeah. my whole life. So it's one of those things that's an adjustment, but I'm, I'm getting there. What is the biggest – you talk about that adjustment with the one yard. Uh, what is the biggest – it's just the fact that they're lined up or yeah, for I mean, yourself? Football's a game of inches, so you give a yard. That's, that's, that's a big advantage to the offensive line. Therefore, like, you know, you can't get in the hip as fast when you're getting off the ball. Um, it kind of takes away some of the speed rush aspects. you got to get a little more crafty with your moves. So I, I say that. Yeah. Just want to get your thoughts about uh, the birthday boy today, 35 years old, Micah Johnson, just playing alongside uh, Micah. Uh, he's, the, he's the OG in the room, um, the voice of reason. Definitely tries to get us young guys going um, when we need to be getting going. So he's, he's, he's the OG. Happy birthday to him. Is it hard to believe that he's 35? Yeah, he moves like he's a young, younger cat. So, I mean, yeah, it definitely you definitely see in some of his mannerisms how he takes care of his body, how he prepares. He prepares like a vet. So, yeah, I, I kind of see that. And especially as a you know, defensive line, it's a very tough position as well to play into your mid-30s, eh? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a very physically demanding position. Um, and we just got to go out there every day and put our hands on people. So to be doing that at 35 years old, that's a testament to how well he's taking care of his body. 
Uh, in terms of this matchup uh, this Saturday against the Stampeders, it's fair to say you guys are expecting uh, a heavy run game, even though they're missing their top right, running back from last year. Kerry, uh, you're still expecting that uh, this is an offensive line that's going to be coming firing off at you guys? Yeah, I mean, we, we always meet the challenge head on, though. So we're, regardless of what they're going to do, we're going to do what we're going to do. And at the end of the day, we're going to see who's a better man. I know you only played one game here in Saskatchewan, but what's your, been your impression so far here in Ryderville? Uh, I love it. Uh, I have no complaints. Great weather so far. I know it gets real cold here, but everything's been good so far. The people look great. Everybody's been welcoming, so it's been a good experience. Um, after Saturday, you guys got a few days off with the bye week. You got any plans yet or any decisions yet on that? Uh, yeah, my birthday is actually on the 25th, so the day after the game, so I'm going to be going back home. Are you going to celebrate before you go or are you going to celebrate on the way? I'm trying to celebrate on the field. Well, happy birthday, and hopefully you can have something more to celebrate with. So, appreciate you. All right, thanks a lot, Brian. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm going to try to celebrate on the field. That's what I'm talking about, Brian Cox Jr., number 50 for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He will be out there tomorrow. He's lined up behind Pete Robertson on the depth chart. We all know how these depth charts work, though. Uh, a lot of these guys that are behind the guy at a certain position, they'll get in there uh, eventually. It's not like Pete Robertson's going to play every single snap, you know what I mean? So, uh, Brian Cox Jr., happy birthday to you, my friend, and uh, hopefully you can celebrate on the field tomorrow against those Calgary Stampeders. And a guy the Calgary Stampeders cut at the end of training camp was offensive lineman, multi-time all-star, and uh, a Grey Cup champion with the team. They uh, released Derek Dennis, and uh, it was, what, nine days ago now that Derek Dennis announced his retirement from football. And we will chat with Derek Dennis on the other side of the break all about it and what went into his decision for leaving the game behind. You are listening to the Sports Cage here for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 433 is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. The Toronto Blue Jays starting up a nine-game homestand tonight against uh, the Oakland Athletics. Well, the first three will be versus the Oakland Athletics. Chris Bassett is on the hill for the Bluebirds. First pitch at 5.07 p.m. tonight. And uh, week three in the Canadian Football League continues tonight as well as the Hamilton Tiger Cats host the Montreal Alouettes and the Montreal Alouettes they are coming off a bye week last week and uh, Cody Fajardo will be matched up versus Matthew Shills because well Bo Levi Mitchell was placed on the six game injury list today the sports cage is your voice for football not only in the province but around Canada this is the sports cage CFL report a look at what's happening in our three down game and Friday's CFL report is for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Quapel. Kevin'sMarine.com. And yes, the Tiger Cats placed Bo Levi Mitchell on the six-game injured list today. And the Tabbies did sign another quarterback on this Friday. They signed quarterback Nikosi Perry. So Nikosi Perry will be dressed tonight for the Tabbies and will serve as the backup to Matthew Shills on this Friday night football game day. And uh, across the league, the Calgary Stampeders placed Reggie Bagleton on the six-game injured list ahead of a, the big clash with the Riders. 
Raiders tomorrow night at McMahon Stadium. So the Stamps will be without their big gun at receiver. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders released their depth chart ahead of tomorrow night's game, and fans can get excited because Derek Moncrief is in the lineup along with Nick Marshall, who is back from injury. Nelson Lacombo will get the start at free safety in place of the injured Jaden Dalkey. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back inside the Sports Cage here on this Friday for Nelson Holmes. Hey, this guy had a long and successful pro football career, and on June 14th, he announced his retirement from the game. Former Saskatchewan Rough Rider and Calgary Stampeder, Derek Dennis with me on the Western Pizza Hotline. How you doing today, Derek? I'm doing good, Sean, man. I'm, I'm doing good. How you doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks for taking a couple minutes today. Uh, you and I have gotten into a couple, uh, you know, Twitter encounters over the years. It's all love, though, hey? It's all love. We both just love the game Always. of football at the end of the day. <laughs> Always, man. Always, man. That's what that's what social media is for, man. It's for open, open and, and direct dialogue. That's right. Uh, yeah, so less than 10 days ago, you announced your retirement from football. What went into your decision to retire instead of maybe, you know, playing one or two more years? Uh, honestly, uh, my family. You know, I'm a young family man. I got three young kids. Um, you know, they're getting older. I wanted dad to be around more. And I just wanted more stability for my family. Um, you know, the fact that I'm still dealing with stuff like this this late in my career after what I've accomplished. And even as recently as being probably could have been an MOL last year and you no know, all-star, all that stuff to still be dealing with types of politics of the game. It just it just felt like it was time for me to move on. Hey, this might be a personal question, but it makes for a good conversation, so I'm going to ask you, what was the reasoning for the Stampeders releasing you at the end of training camp? What was said in that exit meeting? I mean, to be honest, uh, I don't really know. I mean, they try to make it seem like, you know, they feel like they got guys who could finally challenge me for my spot, which is which is odd to say to a guy who was just an all-star in your team's MOL last year that you're, you know, looking to find guys to challenge him. You know, I felt like I haven't showed that I had any decline in my game. And I guess based off of, you know, they wanted to use practice as a parameter for what happens in a game. But I've I've always been a guy who practices where I just play around and I fine-tune things. I don't use practices, you know, I don't use practice as a go-hard moment to show I can still play in a game. I'm, I'm a guy who's, I got 90-some games in my belt. I think I would would have proven enough what I can do when the lights you know when the lights come on and it really matters. So, I mean, honestly, I just saw speculation on why they wanted to move on from me or whatever decision they wanted to make. I mean, it's kind of out of my control. Uh, it sucks how it ended. I mean, you would I feel like I, I deserve better, but I mean, for me right now, it's what under the bridge. I'm just trying to you know find a second career and move on with my life. So, do you feel like? Uh... Do you feel like you were treated right on the way out of Calgary? By the sounds of it, you it kind of sounds like you have a chip on your shoulder, if you may. I wouldn't call it a chip on my shoulder. It's just I just kind of felt disrespected by everything. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you look around the league, even guys who who are proven, they at least get the chance to you know suit up during the season to show if they have any type of decline or whatever the case may be. Right? Yeah. I didn't get that same respect. You would think. After all I've done for the organization and the type of player I've been for them for a long time, I would at least got the you know respect to at least to show that I had some type of decline before you decided to you know move on to make the decision and try to make it seem like I was on a decline. 
which I came back to camp healthy, you know, coming off a major injury. I was, you know, you got to pass the physical in order to hit the practice field. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, for me, it's neither here nor there. I never got a straight answer on why I was being moved on from. It felt kind of personal in a sense. But, um, you know, like I said, Twitter under the bridge, whatever the case may be. I still got a lot of good friends in that locker room. I always talk to those guys, check in with them, try to tell them what I'm seeing, watching, you know, watching it from afar now as a fan, and just, just move on from there. Were there any other teams on the table, any other offers on the table before you ultimately made your decision to hang up the cleats? Uh, no, nah, I didn't speak to anybody. Nobody reached out. Um, I probably felt like, uh, you know, my reputation is part of the reason why everybody was kind of reluctant to kind of, you know, pull the trigger. You would think you would have a player of my caliber available. Teams would at least, you know, inquire. But I didn't really hear much, and I didn't want to wait till injuries and stuff like that happened. Um, like I said, you know, I got a I got a life that I I built for myself here in the states. You know, you know, bought a home during the pandemic. I built a lot of stuff that the game of football, you know, um, didn't allow me to upkeep with. So my biggest concern was just um, getting on stable footing and being able to take care of my family and spend more time for my kids. And like I said, just just find find more stability in, in my life. Yeah, now retired Grey Cup champion, former CFL All-Star Derek Dennis on the Western Pizza Hotline. And you are the perfect guy to talk to today when it comes to this. You played on both the Stampeders and Rough Riders. Uh, those two teams, of course, meet tomorrow at McMahon Stadium. Uh, compare your short time in Saskatchewan to your time in Calgary as far as like the pro football experience. Give me some pros, give me some cons on your time from both cities. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, city-wise, I mean, I mean, Calgary's a much bigger city. It's a lot more stuff to do than Regina. Um, I love my time in Regina. You know, the people were the people were cool. People were nice to me. They treated me well. I mean, I don't have anything negative to say about the city in the sense of you know, just everybody knows the differences between Calgary and uh, Regina. But in, in terms of football-wise, I mean, there's no better place to uh, to play football than Regina, honestly. Um, it's probably one of the biggest, you know, teams you could play for in the sense of support, you know, uh, you know, stadium wise, you know, just the caliber of football just feel it felt really pro level now. Coaching staffs were a little different. It's probably the biggest difference was the, between coaching staffs, um, with between Jones and, and playing in Calgary under under Huff and, and Dave Dickinson. But um yeah, man, I just uh I, I would probably say the the pearls was just, you know, football wise, Regina was a a better football market in a sense. And then I guess the cons you would just see is, you know, the cities were, were totally, you know, night and day in the sense of atmosphere, things to do, um, you know, uh, more attractions, that type of thing. Yeah. You spent a number of years in the NFL with the Dolphins, Patriots, Bears, and Panthers, I believe is the other one. Uh, what's your most uh, mm-hmm. beloved memory from your time in the National Football League? What comes to mind first? Yeah, my, my biggest, my fondest memories would just be the, the relationships I've built with a lot of guys and being in certain locker rooms. Uh, probably one of my favorite locker rooms of being was the 2013 Chicago Bears and being around Hall of Famers like Brian Urlacher and, you know, great players like Lance Briggs, Peanut Tillman, Julius Peppers, you know, Matt Forte. Um, just just a lot of, like, really high-end, you know, players I got a chance to be around and interact with and build relationships with. And, and it was fun. They used to play pick-up basketball with Pep. Pepin the boys. Um, that's when I found out how great of an athlete Josh McCowan is. Probably the greatest uh, athlete I've ever come across in my life. And most people like Josh McCowan, how? But like that dude was a, was a freak of nature. But I mean, it was it was awesome, man. Um, you know, got a chance to be in Carolina, hang around Cam, and you know, uh, uh, 
you know, all those guys, you know, just great players that I just came across that I still have great relationships with to this day. Yeah, you named a lot of guys there. Is there a player in the NFL that you played with that you have, like, a funny story of? You know, you've been around a lot of different personalities over the year. Give us one that stands out above the rest. Man, I'll probably say uh, Erlocker was probably like the biggest personality, man. Like he was such a fun guy to be around. Like made the locker room fun, joked, played games. He used to do this game. He used to always get these big boxes of like Nike cleats and stuff. And mm-hmm. they would always have a bunch of like uh, peanut filling in them, I guess, like the styrofoam filling. Yeah. And he used to, in the locker room, when you come out the back of the locker room into the weight room, there was a staircase that kind of hung over like the door in the weight room he used to stand up there with a box and wait for people to come out and then drop the box on their head with all the feelings and then everybody in the facility would scream boxing ball and it was like funny stuff he'll come up like funny nicknames he used to call me chef from south park like just funny stuff like that man it was, it was a lot of great guys i came across that that i had a lot of fun with that you know a lot of a lot of fond memories that i have that's funny man Derek dennis on the western pizza hotline Hey, the Bombers got taken to the woodshed last night, huh? Did you catch any of that game yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I, I watch every game now. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a fan, so I like to watch and kind of stay up to date with the league. Um, you know, CFL is a big part of my life, so I always still want to stay connected to it in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, it definitely was a it was a beatdown, man. I feel like uh, BC is letting everybody know that you know they're they're a serious contender for the Grey Cup, man. And honestly, that's if you watch the first three weeks of the season. I mean, I, I said this on um, other interviews I've done. You know, the three top teams to me, I would feel like a serious great couple contenders would have been Winnipeg, BC, and Toronto. So everybody else is just kind of, you know, still trying to figure things out. So yeah. we'll see how the rest of the season shakes out. It's a long year. You know, still early. It's a lot of games left to play. Injuries. A lot of teams aren't at full strength yet. They're waiting for some guys to come back. Some guys are getting hurt. That's going to spend some time out. So things will start to – when you get to – the good thing about the CFL season is you start to get a real picture of what the league is like once you get towards that midpoint and going into that, that latter half of the season. And lastly here, what do you think of the Rough Riders, this game coming up tomorrow night, Riders, Stampeders? How do you see this game going? I think it's going to be a good game. man. I think I think Saskatchewan is is much better than people are giving them credit for. Um, especially because, you know, the early opponents, you know, they went against Edmonton, which is, you know, still trying to figure things out. And then, you know, the game against Winnipeg, I mean, the offense played really well. I mean, aside from Winnipeg just kind of being on fire and doing what they do, you know, it could have been a game that they could have easily won. So um, if they could put a type of offensive performance together like they did last week, I mean, I, I see this being a, a very winnable game for them. Hey, thanks for your time today, Derek. Uh, keep in touch, man, and uh, best of luck in the future for you. I'd love to have you on again sometime. Yeah, absolutely, man. My phone's always open, man. Whenever you need me, just reach out, man. I appreciate the time. Awesome. That's Derek Dennis on the Western Pizza Hotline, former CFL All-Star Grey Cup champion with the Calgary Stampeders. We're going to hit the break. Back with more on the other side. You're listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. You can always text us up 306-936-6262 on the Capital GMC text line. Looking at some texts right now. Uh, Eli's on the text line. He says, good thing Bo picked the Thai Cats. They would have been howling to the moon by now here. Uh, he's referring to, of course, if Bo Levi signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So, uh, 
Well, I kicked off the week on Monday by basically saying the exact same thing. I said, thank goodness Bo Levi Mitchell is not a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. I'm pretty sure we are pretty happy with uh, Trevor Harris thus far through two games. And uh, I'm kind of kicking myself because I, I was meaning to bring it up, but I just... I just totally forgot about it when we were uh, chatting with Derek Dennis there. Uh, he has a, a a new career right now because he announced just today that uh, he accepted a role with the Arizona, uh, Arizona Coyotes organization in ticketing and uh, premium sales department. So uh, that's quite interesting. Uh, we should have asked him, you know, what are you going to do, though, if the team moves? Are you going to have to get a different uh, ticketing yeah. job? Uh, kidding aside, I, I don't know if that's going to happen in the near future or not. Uh, if the Coyotes do move, where are you thinking? I'm thinking Portland, going- Oregon. Let's go. No, where do you think? I think Utah. Yeah. I really, the, the, uh, I believe it's Ryan Smith out of Utah who's making a real big push out of there. And I really think the NHL wants to expand to Houston. Uh, that's the other place I hear a lot about. Uh, but they also, if they would expand, they got to expand the two teams. They can't go with like, th- I mean, it's not as bad as having a nine-team football league, but they still should have like an even amount uh, amount of teams. But I still think thirty-two is the perfect number for sports. You can have eight by four divisions, and or you know, it's so easy to make up divisions and conference with thirty-two teams. It's such a perfect number. Don't mess with it. Mm. Would they play in? It's not the Delta Center anymore. It's it's called like the Venvent Arena or something like that in Utah. Some weird name. I wonder if they would uh, just play in that arena. Would they build a brand new one? I know this is ridiculous talk. Who knows? But uh, I'm trying to think what back because they had yeah they would have to play in something like that because they used to have an. I don't think they had an AHL team. I think they had an IHL team back mm-hmm. in the day. Uh, the Utah Grizzlies, I believe, was the last uh, um, major or minor hockey league yeah. team or the major minor hockey league team there. I don't think they played in a rank close to that. So, yeah, they probably would have to play in the same uh, building as the Jazz, I would guess. Hey, that's exciting news, though, Derek Dennis. Uh, apologies if you're listening. I uh, didn't uh, bring that up with you. But that is a uh, very exciting Arizona Coyotes organization ticketing premium sales department. So, uh, uh, look forward to what the future brings for him. Sounds like uh, the Calgary Stampeders didn't, uh, I don't want to say treat him well on the way out, but uh, definitely some wires are crossed there when it comes to the Stamps and Derek Dennis. Yeah, it definitely seemed a little frosty there. eh? Mm. When you mentioned about uh, his exit, I guess. Yeah, apparently he mentioned how, you know, Derek Dennis, him, he's kind of like the guy in practice who doesn't, like, give it 110% in practice, you know. And I, I think a lot of players are like that in the National Football League and I want to say maybe in Canada too. But for some reason, maybe it just rubbed the organization the wrong way and they saw it as, hey, this guy doesn't care about football anymore, which I'm sure is not the case because, you know, uh, you heard Derek there. If he got the opportunity to play, you know, he <laughs> make a case to be another all-star this year if he had the chance to do so. But uh, uh, we had him in Saskatchewan in 2017, I believe it was. Chris Jones was was still here. And you he heard it there from Derek Dennis. There's no better place to play football, man, than Regina, Saskatchewan. And you hear players say it all the time. And uh, the best stadium in the league, best fan base in the league, you name it. So uh, uh, Derek Dennis's two former teams will be going toe-to-toe tomorrow. 
making some rams up here. McMahon Stadium, 5 p.m. kickoff tomorrow night. The Regina Red Sox shifting gears to some baseball talk quickly here before we uh, uh, break for the news. Regina lost yesterday in Lethbridge and will take on those Bulls once again tonight before heading down to Okotoks, Alberta to take on the dogs on Saturday and Sunday. And keep this in mind. Circle it on your calendar, if you will. The Medicine Hat Mavericks in town on Tuesday night for a doubleheader. Because remember, I think it was at the beginning of June or at the end of May it was. Medicine Hat was in town and that game got rained out. So they will make it up with a doubleheader on Tuesday. Game one will start at 6 p.m. at Curry Field between the Medicine Hat Mavericks and the Regina Red Sox. It will be two seven-inning ball games, And I believe, now don't quote me on this, but this is the way it's been in history. If you buy a ticket to game one, you can stay in the park for game two so it's basically buy one and get two games for the price of one I guess is the best way to put it so that's coming up here on Tuesday at Curry Field looking at the game tonight though Canadian Football League, Montreal Alouettes, Hamilton Tiger Cats. It's well documented at this point that Bo Levi Mitchell is no longer the quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats due to injury. He is uh, on the six-game injured list. And the Tabbies signed a quarterback today, Nikosi Perry. And Nikosi Perry will be backing up Matthew Schills tonight as those Tiger Cats take on Cody Fajardo and... uh, those Montreal Alouettes. And we chatted with Sean Campbell, the voice of the Montreal Alouettes on TSN 690 in the 3 o'clock hour and hour one of the show. And even Sean Campbell said that, you know, the receiving core in Montreal is kind of kind of dicey. And he also uh, referenced Cody Fajardo taking some ridiculous sacks in week one. So us Ryder fans, we can look in the mirror and think to ourselves, hey, we're not crazy. Other people are actually actually thinking the same thing. Uh, it's not just us that thought Cody Fajardo was taking some unnecessary sacks, but uh, that's going to be one thing to watch for tonight when uh, we watch this uh, Alouettes team take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I know, Blaine, you said that you think uh, Hamilton will win this game at home tonight, and it's going to be interesting to see if Cody Fajardo can stay on his feet or if he's running for his life again because because huh, yeah. no more Spinneroonies. <laughs> so the, the old Spinneroonies. And yeah, just going on, on to Hamilton, I think they got to win tonight because uh, 0-3, and we don't know how long Bo Levi... It doesn't sound like Bo Levi is going to be out for six weeks. It sounds like it's going to be kind of a, uh, I want to say, two- to three-week thing. It mm-hmm. sounds like more. I think he's going to be pulled off the sixth game. But still, they're going to be in trouble. They fall down 0-3 uh, to start off the season. Um especially against the Alouettes, who, who, if they would win, would move up to 2-0. and Yeah, and the Alouettes will take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Canada Day uh, next week. For some reason, Winnipeg gets Canada Day and uh, the Riders don't. And people will be like, oh, it's because we win Grey Cup, so we go to Grey Cup games. Yeah, so just throw it, throw it the history book, I guess. History doesn't mean anything, you know. Just throw it out. Who cares? Let's live in the moment. Let's slap Winnipeg on the schedule to play on Canada Day. But, hey, it's a good thing for uh, the Ryder players, I guess, after this game tomorrow. They can just either stay in Calgary like Micah Tights is doing or uh, pack your bags up, head back down south, and spend uh, a week or so with your family. So it's a... Uh, 
exciting time, I'm sure. It'll be a lot more exciting if the Riders can come away with a win tomorrow night at McMahon Stadium. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff tomorrow night. The pregame show countdown to kickoff at 2 p.m. with Daniela Ponticelli. All right, that does it for Hour 2. Heading to break on the other side, the voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, joins us live from Cowtown. You're listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. And we are here for Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years, and I think it's nearly 70 years at this point. Sean Kleisinger here with Blaine Weiland, downtown Regina, corner of 12th and Rose. And uh, I usually have the weather forecast in the corner of my screen here. So I was going to give a weather update, but it's just disappeared on me. So I am not the weatherman this hour, Blaine. So oh, take a guess. Uh, Come gonna, on, that's how that's how uh, most weathermen are. Yeah, yeah, take a guess. Yeah, take a guess. <laughs> 21. Do you have the weather in front of you? No. Uh, well, my thing says 26. All right, so none of us are weathermen is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we do know one thing for certain, and that is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will be back on the football field tomorrow, taking on the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, it's a 5 p.m. kickoff with the pregame show, Daniela Ponticelli on the air. Countdown to kickoff right at 2 p.m. And then the hour leading up to kickoff. That's when this man, this fine gentleman, the voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, will take over the airwaves with uh, the Rider Nation pregame show. And then, of course, we'll have the play-by-play alongside Luke Mullinder. And then the fifth quarter after the game, the best coverage in the Canadian Football League is right here on 620 CKRM. Michael Ball, how are you doing today? Doing great, buddy. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, how was your time in Calgary thus far? Do you feel like leaving yet like the rest of the Flames players? Oh, come on now. Uh, actually, you know, that, that's funny, though. Like, uh, I did land. I'm, I'm looking out at Eau Claire Market. We stay downtown here. So uh, I've only been here for about an hour and a half. Um, as an Oiler fan, it makes me smile when the Calgary Flames are in duress. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but, but let's not be... Like, honestly, you could find a lot worse NHL cities, the actual cities, than Calgary. Like, Calgary, I love the Oilers, but let's be honest, Calgary's nicer than Edmonton. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I might want to leave on the Stamps player. The, I mean, if you're compared facilities, yes, Calgary plays in the Saddledome, but McMahon Stadium's a dump. How about that, too, eh? Hmm. Calgary's this both rich, white-collar city, and they have two of the worst stadiums in all of pro sports. Yeah, I we were chatting with Derek Dennis last hour, and he basically was saying that, uh, this is by no surprise, but he was saying that uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, is the best place to play as far as uh, you know a Canadian Football League player. So just to add that to the board there, another yeah. feather in the cap, baby. So, uh, hey, isn't, uh, isn't, Dennis, isn't Dennis selling for the Coyotes, though? Yes, he is, and guess what? I forgot to talk to him about it. Isn't that something? Yeah, I forgot to talk to him about it. The whole time, just talking straight football with him, just locked in on football, and it just way over my head. How about that? What the hell hell is Wyland doing there? He's just like sitting there picking his nose or what? (laughs) Hey, man, it's one of the. I I felt like asking him, like, you know, where are you going to work when the Coyotes move? You just kind of like move with the team because uh, they might only be there for a couple more minutes, you know? Yeah, who knows? Never had the opportunity, though, because I'm just not a very smart person. Never came to mind. (laughs) 
That's unfortunate. But uh, hey, a lot of uh, a lot of excitement in the air here because we have a big game tomorrow night at McMahon Stadium. Let's talk about it a bit. I mean, we have uh, the depth charts out. I know that uh, you've had a look at it. Uh, the thing that uh, shoots off the page right away, by no surprise, Gerald Hawkins is starting at left tackle. Colin Kelly at right tackle. Deontay Williams on the defensive side of the ball. He's in Jeremy Clark's spot because Jeremy Clark will uh, not be playing this week. Nick Marshall is back on uh, his side of the corner and uh, Nelson LaCombo will be starting in place of the the injured Jane Dalkey. So expect to see uh, Jackson Ford in there as well. So when you look at the depth chart tomorrow, what uh, what are you looking for? What kind of intrigues you about this lineup the Riders are going to be pushing out there tomorrow? Well, interesting too. You look at the running back spot. Jamal Morrow is the lead running back but uh, his backup is Thomas Bertrand, Bertrand Houdon who, um, I mean, there's no um, Frankie Hickson. They did sign Rodney Smith, but he obviously isn't on the roster. So you hope uh, Morrow can stay healthy for the game, knock on wood. Uh, and you got to wonder if they're going to limit his kick return time. Now, you, you saw him back there with Mario Alford uh, at times during that game against Winnipeg, but they've added Kendall Watson, who's done some kick return duties in, uh, in his time in football and in training camp in the preseason. So maybe we can expect him back there. Here's an interesting thing I was looking over quickly, the stats, and I got some more to do before tomorrow's broadcast. Calgary doesn't have a sack in two games. Calgary cannot get to Trevor Harris. He could be looking at another big passing day. Well, and uh, that uh, connects to my next point. Peter Godber, apparently he's a game-time decision, so uh, that would be a reason for concern. Although, at least they have some experience behind him. Logan Bandy with a lot of experience last year. And you, you mentioned Kendall Watson. Uh, he's in place of the injured Jawan Breskison, of course. So Kendall Watson, he had some uh, nice splash plays there. Pretty consistent play in the preseason. Yeah, he's, he's quick. He's uh, I don't know how fast he is, but he is very quick. Uh, kind of a water bug, jitterbug kind of guy. They're very good east and west, so I'm looking to see what they can dial up for him. Maybe they'll dial a couple more things up for uh, Mario Alford. We know Kevin Jones, who is uh, in good spirits on the plane today. He had his breakout game um, last week for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And Sam Memela scored his first three touchdowns of his career all in one game. So uh, we'll see if he can continue that hot streak. You see Charbel De Beer if you're looking at your depth chart and fans at home. Obviously, social media could probably get a hold of him. Uh, Charbel De Beer is listed as a starting uh, tackle, but they've got two numbers for him. Uh, 99 and 57, because he's the emergency offensive lineman. Now, you, you spoke of Peter Godber. I did see Pete. We were talking in the hotel lobby. He was uh, being respectful of his teammates. He has some sort of illness. I didn't get into it with him. I didn't want to look like I was blind. Just asked him how he's doing. He said, well, I've been better, but I'm I'm feeling better. Uh, but he was wearing a mask. So uh, I don't know if it's a cold or a flu. But he, I, I think uh, I think Peter Godber is going to play in this game. But uh, who knows? Uh, you know, get him get him pumped full of fluid. Hey, Zinger, this team knows how to play flu games, don't they? I was just going to say, this is not another flu game here, huh? No, this better no, not no. be. No. And you know who else is in good spirits and – bouncing around is Derek Moncrief. He's about to have his first child with his wife uh, coming up here. He said, I told her to hold off till I get back. Like, it's very soon, end of June, early July. He's going to have a girl, but he's just happy to be back in the lineup. He makes his debut for the Riders this season, and you know that's going to be an instant boost for the Riders of that Sam linebacker spot. So you look at that linebacking core. Moncrief, Larry Dean, Micah Tice, right there. That's right there is, uh, you know, you could argue the best linebacking core in the CFL. 
Yeah, and Brian Cox Jr., it's his birthday on Sunday, Ballsy. And, uh, right. Yeah, Blaine, Blaine Wyland asked him, hey, you ready to celebrate? And then uh, Brian Cox was just like, hey, man, I'm I'm going to do my celebrating on the field. That's what he said. So I yeah, take that to the broadcast with you tomorrow, Ballsy. Uh, it's going to be, be his be birthday party tomorrow at McMahon Stadium. Well, hey, man, if he did, you know, it'd be for his gift, it'd be nice to get a couple of quarterback sacks, wouldn't it? That'd be That'd be outstanding for him. Yeah, along the defensive line as well, uh, Miles Brown is back in the lineup uh, after not being in the lineup uh, last week. And he was kind of. And Zinger! Yeah. And Zinger! Uh, Luke and I both noticed and fist bumped him when he got on the plane. We said, This dude's going to have a game. He's going to ball out because he was the only guy on the plane wearing a suit. He was wearing a suit. Miles Brown was. Miles Brown's wearing a suit. He's okay. And it. And anytime you wear a suit, Luke said, that means you're ready to ball out. And uh, to me, it also means, hey, I'm not going to be scratched. Nobody's going to scratch me again. But you know what's hilarious? We also were joking with Micah Johnson. I, I said, uh, Micah, congratulations on becoming Canadian because he's one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, designated Canadian. Americans. Yeah, yeah. So he's actually backing up Miles Brown. Uh, but that's that's real interesting too. Yeah, there's three uh, DAs in quote DAs designated Americans. It's Micah Johnson, uh, C.J. Rivas, and well, Brian Cox Jr. is uh, the other one. Hey, we're gonna hit the break, and on the other side, Ballsy, I want your take on the game that happened last night because uh, that was uh, that was beautiful to see. I just kicked back, relaxed, put up my feet, and I watched the Winnipeg Blow Bombers get taken to the woodshed. We're gonna talk about it coming up next. You're listening to the sport. Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. I'll tell you what, the Oakland Athletics are up on the Toronto Blue Jays right now, 3 to nothing, top of the first. I might just have to hand in my Blue Jays fan card if this goes sour tonight. How, how are you losing to the 19-win Oakland Athletics? You know, but they I was been, sounding all confident today talking with the color voice of the Oakland A's, uh, uh, Vince Catronio on the Western Pizza Hotline earlier. Like, I was feeling like, you know, feeling, hey, you guys only have 19 wins. I wasn't really, like, scoffing They've like been that. playing good as of late, though. They're not that, they, as of late, you know. They're on an eight-game eight losing skid, Blaine Wyland. Well, before that, though, not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, they, they won were... seven in a row, but now they've lost eight straight, and now they're beating the Toronto it's, Blue Jays. It's just a half inning. There's still plenty of time. That's just uh, it's just demoralizing. Hang in there. Hey, let's, the not, let's not let uh, the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders sit on hold for much longer. Uh, Ballsy, I know you know how it feels when your baseball team loses, so oh. <laughs> you could join the club tonight, my friend. Oh, God. That we beat hey we beat the Giants the other day ten nothing Padres but they they win one they lose two they win two they lose one it's it's actually pretty embarrassing oh my goodness yeah so before we get into the game uh, that happened yesterday I do want uh, your kind of prediction on the game tomorrow how do you see this game going between the Rough Riders and Calgary Stampeders honestly Calgary's a t- always a tough team with Dave Dickinson coaching Coach Craig Dickinson's two and six versus his brother regular season in the playoffs. Um, Calgary's got no Kadeem Carey, but they do have Diedrich Mills stepping in, Peyton Logan, too. Um, Jake Mayer did throw for over 300 last game. They don't have um, also at receiver Reggie Bagleton's out with a rib injury. And on the one game is, um, oh, his name slipped my mind. The, the dude in the, the, the linebacking guy. Oh, what the heck's his name? 32. 
Oh, look it up. What is? Oh, it just slipped my mind. Number thirty-two for the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, uh, I memorized it too. Now I forgot it. No, it's oh, all right. Anyways, look it up. Look it up. Look it up there, uh, Blaine. What the hell's his name? My goodness gracious. Anyway, <laughs> are you sure he's number thirty-two? Yes, he's thirty-two. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick I'm looking it up right now and I'm gonna kick myself because honestly guys I me- I just Titus Wall maybe yeah Wall the former uh, former uh, FCS player right that's uh, I think he played in South Dakota State if I'm not mistaken I think it's Missouri Missouri or something like oh, Missouri, Missouri State okay. yeah yeah Missouri State that's right Missouri State I know that because I watched him play in the FCS against UND yeah. anyway he's on the one game so that's gonna hurt Calgary a little bit. Uh, listen, to answer your question, I think the, there's no reason this should be close. I think the Riders win by 10. The Riders do what they, if the Riders do what they did for a good chunk of that game against a, a Winnipeg team on a short week, uh, they can come in here confidently and play sound football. They should win this game. I think they're a better team than Calgary. Even with all the injuries, I'm interested to see how those two tackles play. That's going to be a key. And if the Riders can keep Calgary's D-line, you know, Mike Rose, those kind of guys, Mike Moore, off of the back of Trevor Harris. They got a, you know, they got Vodders who was here, they went to the NFL, and Julian House there who came over from Hamilton. But um, yeah, I think the Riders by ten. How do you have it? Uh, yeah, I'm in that ballpark. I think I think it may be a one possession game. I think these teams are pretty close, in my opinion. Blaine, I think said, what did you say, Blaine, earlier on? Uh, you you picked the Riders I, to I win. The Riders I know that. Win. I, I'm kind of in Ballsy's camp. That's going to be like a 10-point win. Hey, Ball, this is going to be your first time watching uh, Jake Mayer in person, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he didn't play. Uh, no, 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 no. He called. No, I called his games last year, uh, for sure the last one, because Bo Levi Mitchell came in at the end of the. Yeah, that's right. At the end of the end of that game in October. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how he plays against the Rough Riders. It's going to be real. Uh, Real interesting to see if he can continue that uh, that pretty good play against Ottawa. Didn't start so well against the Red Blacks, but he finished off well. I don't think he had a touchdown pass in that game, but he did go for over 300 yards in that uh, 25-15 win in Ottawa in uh, Week Two. Hey, how about uh, how about this? Uh, Luke and I were talking about this on the plane. Boy, the Riders seem to have dodged the bullet with the Bo Levi Mitchell, a six-game injured list now. <laughs> I know six-game injured list and. Uh... The Tabby signed a guy named uh, Nikosi Perry today. Nikosi Perry is the backup to Matthew Shields tonight on Friday Night Football. So well, well, the problem <laughs> the problem there was each each CFL team has to dress three quarterbacks, so mm-hmm. they had to they had to keep they couldn't six game bowl until they signed a guy. So yeah, my goodness gracious, hey, that's just. That is crazy. I bet you they are sweating buckets there in Hamilton. Did you watch the game last night? Oh, of course I did. I was smiling like a butcher's dog. That is the best non-Riders football game I have watched probably, well, no, it was, since the 2022 Grey Cup. Grey Cup 109. That is the best non-Rough Rider game. The BC Lions. We watched the Winnipeg Blue Bombers offensive line get old before our very eyes. Oh, yes. Do you remember when Matthew Betts, they were, the BC Lions were getting laughed at because they signed Matthew Betts to that huge deal. 
brought him over from Edmonton. He looks like the best defensive lineman in the CFL right now. Yeah, three sacks last night. And he was today's sports cage clutch performer. What a performance. The best thing about that game yesterday, Ballsy, was when they zoomed in on the fans' faces sitting in the crowd. It looks like they're it looked like they were about to cry and they looked like their life was ending. It was just hilarious. My uh, tweet yesterday at the real ballsy was uh, BC Lions are killing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I'm absolutely loving it. And then the Bomber fans are just all over me, just sour. Hey, we had a 30-year drought almost, and we still have more great cups than you. And all that. Listen, I don't care. I just, te- I just tweeted back, I loved last night, which I absolutely did. Yeah, we're talking about last night only, people. Yeah. And, I'll tell you uh, what, a couple, couple of things from that game, those things are on the BC side. Hmm? Vernon Adams Jr. is off to a real Ooh. nice start. Yeah. Now, will that continue? I don't know, but kudos to Vernon Adams Jr. And Ryan Phillips' defense in this. We're not. I don't know how much you guys have talked about this because, truth be told, I didn't hear a lot of your uh, the show because I was flying in here. But in a league where they overturned all the rules there coming out of COVID to make it even more more offense oriented here in the CFL, the BC Lions have given up only one touchdown in three games. Yeah, and that is unbelievable. TJ Lee on the corner is just one stud for the BC Lions. He was uh, he was locked down yesterday. And how about Ryder Varga? He made a huge uh, yeah. special teams tackle. We had him on the show earlier today to talk about it. He's all amped up. Says he's feeling kind of sore today, though, which is expected, I guess. He just played a pro football game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that was a great open field tackle by him. Um, yeah, and it's amazing. Hey, when your offensive line doesn't keep you clean. Uh, Zach Kalaros uh, looked uh, human. He looked human. He looked like he probably was having Rough Rider flashbacks here. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Matt. Hey, going back to tomorrow's game, I saw a note that said uh, expecting over 25,000 fans at McMahon Stadium tomorrow. And, you know, all the haters will be like, oh, that's not a very good crowd, considering the opponent. But, like, you could always find a negative in something. I mean, 25,000 fans at McMahon Stadium is pretty good considering, you know, the Stamps are, you know, struggling with attendance right now. Yeah, you know what? Let's be honest. It's the tractor factor. Anybody can talk about we're the loudest fans and we're this and we're that. The Riders are the best fans. They drive the entire league. They drive ratings. They drive other um, other fan bases. The, the league should hope that the Rough Riders are good this year and competitive and play exciting football because that means the fans will travel as evidenced by two games in a row in Halifax for this team. And let's be honest, there are only two guys I know for sure in my life, and I'm talking to both of them right now, Blaine Weiland and Sean Kleisinger for sure, that would go sit on a cement bench with no back and watch a football game because that's what you'd have to do in Calgary. So I don't blame the fans necessarily for um, not coming here. They got to get some upgrades here in Calgary and they're a little bit they're they're bored of success and let's be honest, this has been a pretty solid football team for a number of years and the Flames don't do a very good, or, well the Flames own the Stamps. The Flames don't do a very good job of marketing the Stampeders. Let's just be honest. Mm. No. You have something against uh, metal benches, huh? Well, maybe that's metal, why. Metal football without backs. Metal. You, you, you're the only two dudes that I know would be excited to sit on a cement bench or a metal bench with no back and watch a game. So you're telling me, Michael Ball, you would not be excited to go to a game at Lambeau Field? 
Well, that's a different story. Never, nah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I've never. Hey, I, I went to Nebraska. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah. And in the end, and in the end zone, they had bench seating too, where you got you're all scrunched in like old uh, Taylor Field. But they sold you backs that you clipped in, so you at least had a back yeah. for ten bucks. Oh. So they got it right. They got it right there. Softies. Softies, you don't need a back. <laughs> hey, man, looking forward. The next time you'll be on these airwaves will be right at uh, 4 o'clock tomorrow, Saskatchewan time for the Ryder Nation pregame show with yourself and uh, Luke Mullinder. Uh, have a good call tomorrow night, my hey, friend. Hey, Bring home a hey, dub. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Yep. Blaine, Blaine. Yeah. I think I see Huberto. He's waving goodbye. There he goes, too. Holy smokes, he's gone. Despite popular belief, Harvey the Hound will remain with the Flames. I don't care what you say, Ballsy. (laughs) (laughs) What are you guys going to do? You you won't have a roster by opening day. Wait till next Wednesday when Craig Conroy stirs up some GM magic. The double-A Blazers? You're going to throw them on the ice, Blaine Wyland? The Wranglers? No. The the Wranglers? (laughs) That was uh, Michael Ball on the Western Pizza Hotline here as uh, we're getting set for a big-time game tomorrow night at McMahon Stadium. You are listening to the Sports Cage on Nel- on uh, for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Five thirty four with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. I haven't looked at the Blue Jays score in a couple minutes. I'm going to look at it. Right now, oh my goodness, they're still losing three to nothing. The Blue Jays are losing to the 19 win Oakland Athletics. It's only the bottom of the second. Go to break, Blaine. I'm depressed. Showcasing the boys of summer. Time for another edition of the Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on 620 CKRM. Maybe one of my baseball teams can win a baseball game. Maybe the Regina Red Sox can come away with a win tonight. They are in Lethbridge to take on the Bulls. It's a 7 o'clock opening pitch. And then Regina will head to Okotoks, Alberta to take on the Okotoks Dogs on Saturday and Sunday at Seaman Stadium in Okotoks, Alberta. Your Red Sox report, as always, is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can head to the CBH this weekend, watch the Canadian Football League, watch the Toronto Blue Jays lose to the worst team in the league. You name it, the Canadian Brew House, the place to go. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, back inside the sports cage here on this Friday for Nelson Holmes. And as we do every single Friday on the sports cage, we uh, revisit one of the great conversations we had throughout the week. And this week, I plucked this one because this one was a very nice conversation we had with Calgary Stampeders linebacker Micah Awe, a very well-spoken individual. So that's why I thought, you know what, let's give this one some more love because... You know, Stamps playing the Riders tomorrow, Micah Alway, you know, a nice fine gentleman. So let's go back in time, Go uh, going back to Monday, reliving that conversation that I had with Micah Alway. Linebacker Micah Alway, and Micah joins us right now on the Western Pizza Hotline. Hey, Micah, thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes here and joining us here on this Monday. Oh, no problem at all. Right on. 
As uh, Micah and his uh, and his Stampeders, they're gearing up, of course, to take on the Rough Riders uh, coming up here on Saturday. And Micah, you probably get this a lot, but uh, don't <laughs> don't hit Trevor Harris the way you hit Carson Wentz a few years ago in the NFL preseason game. Okay, I, I know I know this one kind of carries uh, around with you, but uh, hey, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That hit kind of put you on the map up here in Canada, didn't it? No teams in the CFL were like really reaching out to you until you absolutely laid the lumber on Wentz in that preseason game? I mean, that that hit right there was just um, simply that continued my career. Um, I'll never forget, it was the day after the game, after you played the Eagles, and my agent sent me a text message. He's like, hey, two CFL teams are interested in you. Um, the BC Lions and Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and I'm like, what's the CFL? <laughs> he said, Canadian Football League, and I was like, how long have they been a league? Like a hundred plus years. I was like, oh wow! And I looked it up immediately, and you know that was a you know that was in the very beginning of training camp, the first preseason game. So I didn't think much of it, but um, I should have because <laughs> end up being. Um, my career extender. Yeah, and the funny thing about that whole situation as well is uh, when Carson Wentz came out of the game in that preseason game between the Buccaneers versus the Eagles, it was McLeod Bethel Thompson uh, who came in <laughs> into the game to replace Wentz. So uh, CFL connection, connections all over the place. And who would have thought that eventually you would be, you know, matching up against McLeod Bethel Thompson? And, I mean, it's just crazy how uh, everything comes together, huh? Oh man, it's crazy, and I mean, I ended up being McLeod's teammate yeah. in Toronto, 2019. And, um, yeah. I, yeah, and I remember seeing again. I went back to the film and the actual play and the TV copy, and right when I hit Carson Wentz, you look straight across <laughs> to the Eagle sideline, and there's McLeod right there, and yeah. he gets in after that, which it's just ironic and funny, I guess. Yeah, there's no doubt. Micah Alway, linebacker for the Calgary Stampeders, with us here on the Western Pizza Hotline, leading up to the big game on Saturday, and we can't wait for it. Love those games at McMahon Stadium. So, how uh, how's your time been so far in, in Cowtown, Micah? Oh, it's been great. I mean, it's it's like the closest, probably the closest town I've been to, to uh, Texas hmm. town, you know. Yeah. A lot of you know Houston, you know oil and gas and stuff like that, and um, the vibes like that. I mean, if you look at the McMahon Stadium, I was telling some of my teammates, I'm like, y'all know they're, what they were doing here with the infrastructure. They're like, what? I'm like, these are these are um, drills. They're like the 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 four pillars around the the stadium yep. are imposing like you know drilling, and all um, my teammates didn't have had no idea, but you know that was my degree. So I, you know, I think that's pretty cool and. You know, it kind of has a Texas Tech connection, too, with the whole horse thing. And we had a horse at Texas Tech. We were red as well as Texas Tech. So there's, there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How do you like those new threads? It's the first year that Calgary is uh, wearing these ones. Well, they they have worn the, the red ones, but they have, you know, tinkered with a bit. But uh, you guys were looking really sharp in Ottawa with those uh, white unis. Oh, yeah, I love them. I love them. I mean, I... I think they did a great job, you know, every time we walk into our team facility, we kind of see that first championship team wearing um, that similar jersey and, you know, doing a new version of it. I think it's, you know, it's great, you know, bringing back the old and um, they did a great job putting it all together. Makes the CFL look, you know, really good, you know. Yeah. Great um, uniforms like that. 
Yeah, and I also like it, too, because, uh, you know, the Stampeders, they kind of transitioned away from having black in the uniforms, and now you can actually know for sure when you kind of glance at the TV that it's not the Ottawa Red Blacks anymore, it's the Calgary Stampeders. I know some <laughs> fans were kind of getting confused about that over the years, but, uh, no, it's great to see. So you've got the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders coming up here on Saturday. Uh, I was going to ask you, is there one team that you kind of get more amped up to play, or is it basically all the same when it comes to the Canadian Football League, the next game is uh you know uh just the same as far as getting amped and uh, uh ready to roll oh man i mean there there's always storylines there everywhere yeah. um, you know you know i wouldn't say that any particular game would be any different than the other i mean it's just the truth i i kind of take it all the same but you know me knowing Trevor from last year, I mean, I know how Trevor works. I mean, that's the number one thing. He's a worker. Um, he was in there with me watching the film until, you know, 5.36 p.m. every day. So I know he's doing the same thing. And um, me knowing that, it, it's kind of, it's, it's a cool challenge. I mean, the CFL is full of high-level talented guys. I mean, kind of reminds me of when I first came in the league and, you know, we were playing Ricky Ray. You know, it's one, two, check down. I mean, that's how quick he gets the ball out. And he reads the defenses very well. So it's it's a fun matchup because when you go against a guy like that, that's high caliber, you got you to prepare a little bit more, a little bit more focused because I know how much he works. Um, so it's, it's a fun matchup, um, but more or less, the same intensity is going to come. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Uh, former teammates with Trevor Harris, I was just going to ask you, like, uh, like off the field, what kind of guy is Trevor Harris like? You know, I know fans here in Regina, here in Saskatchewan, still kind of getting to know the quarterback. We all know he's a great guy, great father, and obviously a great quarterback. But uh, you were in the locker room with him, and you watched film with him. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, Saskatchewan's quarterback number one this year? Yeah, I mean, number one, it's it's the drive. I mean, he. I don't think he's really ever got the recognition that he deserves for what he's done. Um, and he knows that. That's why he keeps on working. I think, I actually think he likes that. You know, he's similar to me in that way where, you know, I don't think I've even touched a glimpse of my max potential. And he, it's the same thing for him. But, you know, we're, the the main thing, you know, Saskatchewan fans should know is like, you know, I'm I'm saying all this, but he's in there as well doing it. Like he's putting in the work. It's not just all talk. It's actually it's it's mostly work. You know, you know, when he tells me all these things, it's one on one kind of thing, like how he feels, but he's just gonna put in the work and you know, and that's what I've also learned too as a football player is you you can't really guarantee your success week in, week out, but what you can guarantee is how, how much you work. You know, you work hard, you're giving yourself the best chance to be successful. After that, you got to apply it on game day and become a baller. So um, that that's really the only thing I can guarantee to the fans, um, to, um, to the fans about Trevor Harris. Yeah, we are with linebacker Micah Alway of the Calgary Stampeders, and I was uh, taking a look at the schedule. It looks like you have uh, a bye week next week, so uh, anything planned on your bye week? Do you plan on uh, going back home, or is that kind of just uh, not in your mind yet? You just want to play this football game first? I'm definitely going to play this football game, but then um, I'm going to go back home to my wife. Uh, we just got married this last off season, and it's, it's, we haven't seen each other since. 
training camp. So um, that's going to be good to go back, go back in San Antonio and you can see her for the first time. So, uh, but you know, it's, it's just part of our business and, you know, I love the game and, you know, we've been dating since my sophomore year at Texas Tech. So football has always been um, part of our relationship and, um, you know, it it has these sacrifices that we both kind of got to make, but um, that's what makes it all worthwhile. That's what makes, you know, the drive even better because, you know, I'm not just out there having fun. I'm not just out there. It's not, it's not about the money. It's about much more than that. It's about, you know, putting in all the work you've been putting in since you've been a little kid. And it's funny. I mentioned her looking back at the time. I'm like, man, I've been playing football for 16 years. (laughs) And it it sounds like a a crazy amount of time. And, um, but that's, that's why, you know, you love it because you put in so much work into it and um, the sacrifice and that's what which that's what you end up doing it for. Does that time away uh, from your loved ones get any easier over the years? We hear players talk about it all the time, uh, you know, being away uh, from home. And I, I just can't, like, put myself in that position because I've never done it before. You know, like, I miss my kid when I'm away from home for, like, you know, <laughs> a couple hours. So I just can't imagine what a pro athlete has to go through. Oh, man, I mean, it's give and take. It's give and take. I mean, I, 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 it's a dream to me to be playing pro football. Um, you know, when I was at Texas Tech, we had, you know, rough schedule. I mean, wake up at 4 a.m., workouts, then do school, then do practice, then study. And I remember my first pro practice where, you know, at Tampa Bay where I, I practiced and then afterwards, I didn't have any homework and I'm like, oh, I'm getting paid, you know, to, to play football and I don't have to go home and do homework anymore. You know, so yeah. to me, you know, that's a give and take. It's like a lot easier now from that standpoint. But like, again, from the family standpoint, it's something that we've always done again, like me and my, my wife, you know, we dated for nine years. Yeah. It's tough. Every, every off season, it's basically six months off, but um, it's something that, we just have to every off season, every in season, it's it's new challenges. All right, like how are we going to see each other? You know, plane tickets, just trying your best. But it also gives you a lot of um, microcosms of life, I guess. Is what Coach Wall used to tell us. Um, and it helps you to it helps you and a lot a lot of light skills. You know, you know how to sacrifice and it keeps you focused. You know, I'm not I'm not out here to be an average player. I'm not spending time away to be. Oh, hey, I had a good career. You know, that's not what I'm doing it for. Um, and every day is kind of a reminder of that. Um, so it, it's give and take. I'm a pro athlete. I love that. And I'm very thankful for it. And this is just kind of what comes with it. Um, so I got to make sure it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Stan Peters linebacker, Micah Alway on the Western Pizza Hotline here. And uh, just one more quick one for you, Micah. You mentioned uh, Wally Buono, who has been the biggest influence when it comes to uh, coaching in your career. Oh man, she's probably too tough. There's probably number. a lot. I've had my fair number of coaching, um, but I would I would honestly have to go back to my roots. Um, I don't think I'd be anywhere close to being a pro athlete if I didn't go back to my sophomore year when Coach Sample, who's my linebacker coach, came to my high school, um, and he, I mean, there. He spent time to make sure he taught us what the pros were getting taught, mm-hmm. and I, I learned I learned how to read, how to 
do everything I do as a pro sophomore year in high school. <laughs> um, and and I, I can't, he's like a second father to me. And really, it's things like a, a particular story that really kind of set me for the rest of my career and gave me these kind of like aspirations and goals is going to my senior year. I hadn't had a, any scholarships or anything like that yet. And um, we had spring ball and it was my last spring ball practice. And Coach Sample asked me, hey, are you going to any of these camps? And I was like, uh, I mean, probably not because, you know, my family's big into education. They didn't really understand how football worked. And my coach looked at me and said, if you don't go to the camps, you're going to be twiddling your thumb your senior year because you're going to have nothing. Knowing my talent, and um, I ended up going to camp, and I ended up getting a scholarship at Texas Tech a few weeks later. And then the next question he had, you know, he kind of set me down and was like, okay, what are your goals for your senior year? And me thinking I'm big, thinking a little bit too big, I was like, oh, you know, I want to be defensive player of the year. And he looked at me and was like kind of a side eye. Was like defensive player of the year, you should be aiming for player of the year, most valuable player of the year. And I looked at him, I was like, all right, well, that's my goal. And sure enough, a year later, as a pure linebacker, I didn't return punts or anything like that and play quarterback on the other side. I played pure linebacker and I actually got – MVP of my district um, and that moment kind of taught me that you know he number one he believes in me and number one I got to believe in myself first um, so that being said you know that kind of got me all the way to pro athlete I mean I I truly truly believe in my heart I could be a pro athlete and I truly truly believe in my heart that I could be a Hall of Fame player but then now <laughs> what he also taught me was now you got to go work. Yeah. So I go to work every day having that in the back of my mind and I'm having those goals. So shout out to Coach Sample. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great story, man. And uh, quickly, uh, Texas Tech, you would have uh, been on Patrick Mahomes' team, correct? I and Actually, I'll, I'll one-up you. I was actually first on Baker Mahomes' team because Baker, Baker Mayfield, I mean. Baker Mayfield came my uh, my sophomore year, and he started, and then he had transferred, and then it was Patrick Mahomes right. for two years. Yeah, so you got um, both of those I guys. I was also teammates with Pete Robertson, as you probably know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that's that's awesome. I, I love how the football world kind of connects, you know, through uh, both the leagues. You go through the rosters, and you kind of think, hey, he might have played with that guy. He might have played with that guy. So that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty cool thing. Hey, man, this has been fun. Micah Alway joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh I was going to say, good, yeah, do you know what? Good luck on Saturday. Just take it easy on Trevor Harris. No Carson Wentz type of hits, okay, my friend? We we don't need that in Rider Nation this year. <laughs> hey, no guarantees. I'm just going to work hard and the rest yeah. of the ball. Yeah, man. Now, thanks for your time, man. I uh, can't wait to watch you play here on Saturday night at McMahon Stadium. Have a good rest of your night. Yep, thank you for the opportunity. Bye. Awesome. That's Micah Alway, linebacker for the Calgary Stampeders. And that is your Sports Cage Rewind for this week. That happened on Monday, that conversation. And here we are on Friday, getting closer. Less than 24 hours until kickoff now between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Calgary Stampeders. Wrapping up the show next, you are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. 
And this day in sports history brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. June 23, 2003, Barry Bonds steals second base against the L.A. Dodgers, becoming the first player in MLB history to have 500 career home runs and 500 steals. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, getting closer to game time tomorrow. Ruffies and Stampeders at McMahon Stadium. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, they got a run at least. Still losing to Oakland 3-1, to bottom of the third. Toronto does have something going, though. It looks like they have runners on the corners with two outs. The reason why I sound like this is because Oakland has 19 wins this year. I think they're 19 and 58 or 19 and 59 on the young season. So, yeah, not very good. Not very good. What would be nice, though, is a Rough Rider win tomorrow. And uh, I feel it in the air. I think it could happen. And uh, it's going to be interesting and very exciting that Derek Moncrief will be back in the lineup tomorrow for the Riders, starting at that Sam linebacker position. And Jane Dalkey, he will not be playing tomorrow for the Riders as uh, he has that injury, that back injury that he has been nursing all week. So Nelson Lacombo. The former University of Saskatchewan Husky will get the start tomorrow night. Nick Marshall back on the corner tomorrow. And look look at that. Sorry to interrupt the rider news, but the Toronto Blue Jays are now winning 4-3. to Because, uh, well, who hit the home run? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just hit a home run. And I believe that is his first home run at the Rogers Center this season, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, man, that is uh, something. I saw somewhere on Twitter today that someone was like going to bet $300 that Vladdy Guerrero Jr. would hit his first home run at the Rogers Center this year tonight and I hope I hope that that person came through or went through with that bet because if they did they would be one rich individual Vladdy Guerrero Jr. with the home run four to three Blue Jays lead the Oakland A's bottom of the third so yes big game tomorrow night kickoff is at 5 p.m. and as I was saying Nick Marshall back in the starting lineup as he missed last week so keep that in mind Nick Marshall and Deontay Williams your two starting corners tomorrow and by no surprise along the offensive line Gerald Hawkins gets the start at left tackle Colin Kelly gets the start at right tackle and uh, Peter Godber center he's listed as a game time decision we chatted with michael ball uh to begin this hour and ballsy said you know he's just kind of under the weather right now you know he's wearing a mask so uh hopefully fingers crossed he will be able to go by kickoff tomorrow kickoff 5 p.m our pregame show at 2 p.m with daniela ponticelli we'll talk to you then you've been listening to the sports cage here on this friday For Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.